Have you guys noticed that you can't go anywhere without seeing designer this or designer that, even designer furniture? On my social feeds and celebrity homes, it's everywhere. Have you seen how expensive these are? Well, if you want the sofa or recliner or bed that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends, but without the designer prices. Oh, and they're well-made, too. It's the whole package. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. following program is intended for immature audiences only. Don't think, just listen. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV Channel 77 as we're streaming from italknet.com, broadcasting from the Phil Giannetti Motor Studio. Hi, atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. The phone number is 724-785-6800 if you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle. Give a chip a call, why won't you? Anyhow, how's everybody doing on this wonderful day? I am really excited about this interview because I am going to be speaking with Elizabeth Rossi. Um, And if you're not familiar with her name, you're probably familiar with who she is. And the best part is, she's a Pitt graduate, a North Allegheny graduate, and she lived in McCandless. I mean, how much closer can we get, right? But let me read her bio for you real quick. Elizabeth graduated cum laude from the University of Pittsburgh with dual majors in computer information, science, and professional writing. While she attended Pittsburgh Filmmakers Institute for Screenwriting and Featured Film Development, since that time, Elizabeth has completed multi-WGA registered full-length featured films, screenplays spanning the genres of horror, romantic comedy, and children's animation. In addition, Elizabeth has written several reality TV shows, including the concept for The Biggest Loser. Ta- uh, taking her career in the new direction, Elizabeth pursued on set production and has assisted with numerous television commercials, documentaries such as The Project Pittsburgh, the TV miniseries Killing Point, and the feature films Baseball's Last Hero, a Lesson of Love, and All Saints Eve. Elizabeth Rossi is the founder of All Saints Films, LLC, and plans to continue collaborating with entertainment professionals worldwide to produce quality entertainment. Now, that's enough of a bio to talk about on any program. The only thing is, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Hi, Elizabeth. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Bill? I'm doing real good. What we have you on the program for is a new book that you have out called The Textbook. (laughs) Now, we could do the whole show just on your movie and writing career in entertainment. (laughs) But instead, we're going to talk about this and maybe we'll touch on the other stuff a little bit later in the program. So you have a new book out called The Textbook. And um, it says it's learning texting techniques to help you communicate better and improve your relationships. Taking texting personality quiz to discover your unique texting personality and traits and how to use that to your advantage. Now, I'm a curmudgeon, Mm -hmm. as everybody keeps telling me, in my 50s, okay? (laughs) Now, the best part is I only text to get information from point A to point B. Is there another reason why people text? Well, there's all kinds of reasons, and... um... In the first chapter of the book, you know, I actually go over that. I talk about the purpose for texting because just like anything anything else, it's a tool that we have uh, in life that we can use to communicate with other people. And we can use that tool, you know, correctly and appropriately in the way it's meant to be used. Or we can misuse that tool and have disastrous results. 
And I think a lot of people, um, you know, just need some guidance on on maybe the best way to use texting. And, and you know, there's unfortunately, there's so many pitfalls with texting if you misuse it. So I'm trying to just um, help people really communicate better through through texting because it is the most popular form of communication now, that, <laughs> you know, in America and, and in most of the world. Um, so, you know, really just trying to use um, texting to, to help people improve their relationships. So when, whenever you're talking about texting, you're talking one-on-one communication, right? You're not actually talking about posting to Twitter or Facebook. You're just doing texting one-on-one, correct? Um, yeah, texting for the most part, although a lot of what is in the book also applies to any form of e-communication. Okay. So even like email, instant messaging, yeah, Snapchat, Twitter, like any anything really like that can, um, can you know, the messages can benefit from the lessons in the book. So what I think is interesting is because I would have never thought that there is um, – which why I didn't think of this until just now is beyond me, but certain etiquette for texting. Do you talk about that in your, uh, in your book? I do. And I actually coined the phrase text for oh, texting okay. etiquette. <laughs> yeah. So just like, um, you know, there's common courtesy when, when speaking to someone over the phone or face to face, there's courtesy and etiquette when you're speaking to someone via text. And um, so just spelling that out for people and, you know, I actually run into this, um, you know, multiple times where people, you know, as an example, people typing in all caps and the receiver is, is, you know, messages back and like, why are you mad at me? Right. (laughs) So even little things like that, uh, that people just don't um, know or aren't aware of little um, texting etiquette. You know, tips. So, and and one thing that bothers me when I text is I I hate when I have a spelling mistake, or I use the improper form of there or there or you your or your, <laughs> because my phone autocorrects and I'm not paying attention to it, and then I send it, and then I gasp when I realize I sent the wrong form and then I spell it correctly underneath so the person I'm texting knows that I'm not an idiot and I actually do know how to use the English language but have you noticed um, when people especially younger people that have been texting probably for most of their lives if not all of it because for me texting Mm -hmm. is a way of communication that's relatively new that they just let it go and they abbreviate and they use emojis and stuff like that they're not worried about proper grammar yeah, it, in fact, um, well, first off, let me say I'm a total grammar nerd. Okay. <laughs> I love grammar. I'm I'm team Oxford comma all the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I have um, heard from different professors uh, at schools and in, even in the business world that a lot of the uh, younger generation as they're entering, you know, the professional uh, setting – that they're using this, the texting language in, you know, in this professional setting and in the business world, which is uh, really creating some havoc <laughs> because it does, you know, using proper grammar and, uh, you know, it just, you come across more intelligent. And, and like you said, even sometimes with the autocorrect and then you correct yourself underneath or whatever, but there is a sense of, um, you know, still in the business world, maybe with your friends, you can use that kind of uh, the abbreviations and whatnot. But definitely for the business world, you know, I suggest against that. And in fact, um, I have a story for you. I have been in the listeners where um, in a business setting, there's a salesperson who was reaching out to a customer and uh, the salesperson was reaching out multiple times, you know, as they do with the new product or new product information and the customer had replied back, uh, you know, after a few times and said, no, thanks. I'm not interested. So the salesperson replied, okay, thanks for the F you period. And the customer was, was offended. He's like, what kind of salesperson does this company hire? You know? 
And so he he literally told me, he's like, I was going to try to get this, this kid fired because this, you know, he was like that offended. So he actually went to the corporate uh, office, talked to the head of sales. There was a big investigation. And here the salesperson is like, oh, no, 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 I'm so sorry. I meant thanks for the follow-up. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> follow-up. So that one acronym in that one message almost cost this person their job. Right. And um, so I think even, you know, especially in a business setting, just being cognizant of texting pitfalls or, or really for any e-communications using texting language, um, you know, can it can have a huge, uh, huge effect that you're not really intending. Have you noticed that people, when they text, a lot of the times they're doing it because they, they don't want to make a telephone call and they want to do it as a passive-aggressive way of communication? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. So, um, you know, I think it's, texting is easier than picking up the phone and, and calling. Um, but it's very hard to have any type of connection with another human being via texting because there's so much misinterpretation. Um, so in those cases, like, and sometimes it is easier if someone is at work or something, you're not sure if they're free to talk, send a text or, you know, and there's definitely, uh, you know, um, times that texting is appropriate and the, the purpose for texting. Um, but really, you know, if you want to connect with other human beings and build those relationships, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to find that as much in texting. And I read um, a quote this week that I just thought was great. And it, uh, it said, no matter how many Facebook likes or favorites or that you get, it's not going to fill that void for the need of community and in relationships. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think that applies to texting too. Like you're, you might get some sense of it, but that void is still going to be there because, um, you know, the real connection is missing. One thing that I know when I text and especially if I need an answer, but yet I can't call them and I sit there and wait for the response. And it's like, I know you got this. I know you're ignoring me. And it's just that being out there, but in sometimes they may have never got gotten the text because the transmission of information like this is not 100% reliable. And I'm sure that there could be miscommunication when a text is not received just as much as one is received and mm -hmm. someone read it wrong. Yeah, that's, um, that's happened. I'm sure to all this really without us realizing it. Um, I forget what page it is in the book, but it's in there. And I talk about the average number of texts that um, each, like, age bracket sends in a day. Okay. And it's um, it's a point zero two percent of those text messages will never make it. And we don't realize it. And we're thinking, why isn't so-and-so responding? They may never have even gotten it. Right. Because um, some of them just wind, wind up just lost in the ether somewhere. <laughs> But um, I think for the average adult, it, uh, I calculated it out to be about two messages, two or three messages a week that you send that just don't make it. Oh, wow. I didn't realize Or they don't make it many. right away, too. Well, yeah. I've known yeah. that happening, too. And the other thing is, too, is if you have an iPhone, you have iMessaging on the phone. It comes up on your screen when you get the message. And like me with mine... I don't always pay attention to it because I think it's other information coming in and not until I actually sit mm -hmm. down, which could be an hour later going through them going, Oh, wait a minute. Someone texted me. So I can understand yeah. how that <laughs> happens. And I can also understand how miscommunication happens that way too. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a whole section in there talking about like natural latency and replying and uh, technical latency that happens. So, um, and that's one of the pitfalls because with our cell phones now, we kind of, you know, rather than being at someone's beck and call, we expect people to be at our text and call. Okay, I like that. So it's, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, being right, like, came up with all kinds of little <laughs> clever quips in there. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, so you, you, it's natural to expect an immediate response, but that person may not always be, like, a, you know, available right away to respond. So, um, which creates, you know, some anxiety. And again, like, why isn't this person getting back to me? Are they mad at me? Like, so you start to um, perceive all these emotions and feelings. And meanwhile, the other person may not, you know, may be taking a nap or something. Right, know? exactly. So, yeah. Well, yeah, so that's definitely, that's one of the pitfalls. I know one of the things is actually uh, between generation, because I have a 19-year-old son. And he expects when I text him that I am there and I'm looking at my phone and I should respond immediately. And <laughs> it's like I can't always do that because I'm either in a situation where I can or I don't have my phone with me. And then I guess I'm just as bad on the other end because I do the same thing to him. And he's, and then he gets mad at me going, but, Dad, you know I'm working right now. I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> You've done the same thing to me. What's different? But I guess it's a different yeah. um, it's a different uh, mindset because they've w had these devices all these years. So, what made you write this book? Well, you know, really a couple a couple reasons and a couple factors went into it. Um, you know, I've written all types of other formats uh, with TV pilots and feature films, and and I think in uh, twenty seventeen it was. It was just a yearly goal of mine to write a book, and I had no idea what I was going to write about. Um, but just to try something new and kind of branch out and try a different format. And uh, so I wanted to do that. And then it coincided with um, getting my mom a smartphone for Christmas that year. Okay. <laughs> and her calling me and asking, you know, how do I do this and how do I do that? So I was writing down step-by-step you know, instructions for her that I could send to her that she, you know, can follow and, and then learn how to use her phone. So those two coincided. And then, and then I was like, well, maybe there's more people out there that could use this information. And then when I really started researching and digging into texting and how it's affected our interpersonal relationships and in, in society as a whole, I thought, you know, maybe I can make a difference and really help people improve their communication via texting and thereby improve their relationships so really it's it's kind of my effort to just um put some information out there that that might be able to help people and it sounds to me like you've done a good bit of research on the book yeah uh, definitely a fair amount of research went into it between interviewing uh, businesses and individuals and uh, the texting personality quiz which you mentioned um, I researched back to Hippocrates actually in the four temperaments that he originally developed and the four temperaments from ancient Greece actually um, he associated or you know I guess came up with these four personality types which formed the basis for a lot of the the personality tests that are out there right now. So I followed kind of that whole historical line of how they um, evolved. And then I tweaked them for e-communications and, you know, came up with the four texting personalities. And based on what, me, what you told me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a guess and say that you're an executive text personality. And you'll, why is you'll that? You'll have to take the quiz oh, and okay. let me know. okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going. That sounds kind yeah, of impressive. You, I don't know why, but it does. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So an executive um, texting personality is someone who is more direct in their communication. They have uh, they want a goal. There's like a you know they really just have um, have a goal in mind and they want, want information. There's very little use of emojis. Um, the texts tend to be shorter. They like under. 20 words, under 100 characters. So there's different um, styles associated with each texting personality. And I'm, I'm going to guess that you're an executive. It's, it's funny. I can go through my phone right now and tell you what the texts are. Most of them have to do with between me and my wife and what we're having for dinner this evening. <laughs> um, and I, I, and, and the, the screens are small to, for me to text with my thumbs. But um, I, there is a quote um, or a, a, a review of the book on the website 
and it says, uh, wow, this book is so informative. Who knew green, blue, SMS versus MMS? Scheduling a text, your book will melt the hearts of English teachers. Every chapter has valuable information in this easy-to-read, revealing, fascinating book. Like your first chapter said, even an expert texted can learn from this book. The world needs this book. And this is from Kathleen O in Arizona. So you've gotten some really <laughs> positive response about this, about this book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, last night we had the book signing, uh, the first book signing here in McCandless at Riverstone books. And, um, and it was just great. People came from all over hours away to uh, be a part of it and get a copy and it's yeah it's uh, available on you know in bookstores and major online retailers uh, Barnes and Noble Amazon the uh, the textbook website uh, yeah so it's it's really uh, having an impact it's exciting um, and I, I was really impressed with that now there's also something in here and I, I really need to know this how do I spice okay. up my texts? Because I, I mean, really, it says right here, yeah. spice up your texting with a hundreds of yeah. ready to send texts for every occasion. Yes. Yeah. So the last um, por good portion of the book, it does have sample ready to send text that you can copy and just hit the send button. And um, for me, variety is a spice of life. Okay. So, in uh, the the first uh, section in there is a hundred a hundred ways to say hello. So you can say hello every day to someone for a year and only repeat the same message three times. Okay. But to me, that's that's kind of that's kind of cool. Um, and then you know there are some uh, more flirty and romantic messages in there for dating or you know uh, romantic relationships things you can. And your partner uh, just to get their minds going um, so you can spice up your texting that okay. way. <laughs> um, and then there's, a, you know, a sample text um, on it, I guess maybe on the flip side of that way is to say, I'm sorry. Oh, we <laughs> and, all need uh, those. How to say no. And yeah, and, and um, how you mentioned earlier, like how to suggest a phone call, which is something I think in the dating world, um, a lot of people wrestle with because they do want to get away from texting, but they're not sure like, Hey, how can I, you know, I really want to suggest a phone call, but I'm, you know, how can I do that in a cute way? Um, there's, you know, there's sample messages in there for that. So, um, you know, hopefully some of those, e even if you like read through the list and find when that kind of resonates with you and send it or tweak it a little bit and send it, there's, um, definite ways to spice up your texting with those well i can't wait to get my copy of the book so i can figure that out because uh, from what i'm getting <laughs> my text messages are really bland i uh, really are uh one thing i really wish that when i was in high school a long 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 time ago even in college i wish texting would have been there because it would have been so much easier to strike up a conversation with somebody to ask for a date if you had the phone number instead of doing it face to face, because that rejection was always so difficult this way you could do it, be rejected and forget about it and move on. Because again, like I said, it's mm. a passive aggressive form of communication. Yeah. It's an easier way to talk to someone because they're not standing right there in front of you. Yeah. So you don't have to see their, their, their facial expression or their eyes or their, you know, whatever. And um, that is, also, though, listed as a pitfall because um, because the person isn't standing right there, people are more apt to say, you know, whatever. And sometimes uh, that line gets crossed. So um, just something else to be mindful of. <laughs> uh, so what about photos when people send those? Um, is there, I mean, is there a proper way to do that? Or do you just embed it in your tweet or in your text? How's that work? Yeah, with photos. So, um, whew, yeah, there's there's a whole thing with photos. <laughs> so first off, just like with um, 
with uh, normal photos that you send your mom. Okay. <laughs> <Not> with those. <laughs> um, there's, you can, you know, there's, you can, uh, especially on iPhones, it's, I have an Android, and uh, it does seem easier, I think, on iPhones because you can do a multi-select and, and send them. Um, so, yeah, you just embed those right with a text, or you can upload them. Um, the best way really to store photos is on on like a cloud and <laughs> on, on a cloud um but if you store them there then you can just send a link and that person can access you know 100 photos with that link or whatever you know however many you upload um so there's a there's a couple ways um if you know to send multiple photos like that and then too if you also store them on the cloud it's easier because when you change devices or change computers or change whatever, you don't have to move all the photos from one device to the next. So it makes it very convenient. Um, for for raisier photos that you wouldn't send your mom. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, We're all listening now. For a second. There you go. Yeah. Because that's, you know, I'm a single girl in LA. So there's all kinds of photos that go back. You know? <laughs> no, but. Um, you know, for those kind of photos, and, and as we've seen in the news and media, quote, you know, um, naked pictures, they can they can get you in a lot of trouble. Yes. Once you send that picture, it's out there forever. Um, so with those, you know, I know people are always probably going to send them. Send them, you know, to someone that you're in a trusted relationship with that you know that isn't going to share that photo around school around college, around the workplace, because uh, that has happened in my interviews, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate. And then that person's reputation is diminished and, uh, you know, jobs are lost. So, um, you know, it's definitely a risk. And two, if you don't know that person, there's actually laws against it, um, obscenity laws. And, um, you know, so just something to be aware of. Uh, before you hit that send button. <laughs> I, I've always wondered, but why you would send those photos to begin with? And that I and, don't and, understand. And, and, I, and that's the one thing I question. I know we have a tool in our hand that we can do that, <laughs> but isn't the idea yes. to actually be with the person and not? I mean, I don't know. I I still can't figure out why people do that. Um, but again, it's just yeah. kind of interesting to me that yeah. it does happen. And the whole idea of that it happens. Uh, sexting blew up um, with kids in their teens because they didn't have any boundaries and guys were sending mm -hmm. them to girls and girls were sending them to guys. And then whenever they were sending them to people over the age of 18 and 21, that's when they started getting in trouble. Yeah. So it, it, it yeah, it's, um, it's a whole culture yeah <laughs> i think it's yeah yeah it's out there so i'm on the website right now for the book and i clicked the link and i didn't realize it was here it's a, it, and we were just talking about this texting personality quiz there are four different um four different results the executive the scientist the entertainer and the the comforter can you explain what mm -hmm. each of those are sure so um so each personality is, uh, like I mentioned, derived from one of the original four temperaments that Hippocrates developed in back in, you know, ancient Greece. Um, and each, you know, we all have different personalities and different communication styles, and that follows through into texting. So learning kind of your texting personality and what your typical texting traits are and being aware of those and how you can better text with other people is really the whole the whole gist of that. Then each um, each personality, uh, like I, I definitely feel like you're an executive based on what you told me. But take the quiz. Let me know. Okay, I, um, I just did. But, by the way, just to let you know. Uh, okay. Oh, you did. Are you an executive? Nope. Oh, really? I'm surprised. No, well, because... I've never gotten a text from you. So that okay, was well, that's, <laughs> but the thing is, I'm reading it and I'm answering it truthfully and I'm going, okay, I could see you saying the exec, the executive, but I'm more, I am the entertainer. Well, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. That <laughs> makes a, a lot of sense. Yeah. 
That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, the entertainer, well, I'll I'll go over the executive first. Um, The executive is someone who wants wants a result. You know, they're they're very much about when you think like a uh, business-minded individual. They have a deadline. They have a goal. They want information. Um, Very little use of emojis. Uh, tend to be shorter text. So that's that's executive. And in there, there's um, how their texts are perceived, you know, aren't always how they're intended because they can be shorter and abrupt. And sometimes uh, the receiver will, you know, personalize that. Um, so, and there's, so there's tips in there for the executive. Okay. The uh, entertainer is someone, you know, who loves to make people laugh. And a lot of times their text will um, be directed more towards that. They wanna they wanna get people together and uh, just create situations to uh, you know where everyone can have a good time. <laughs> so and I so I can see that being being your dominant texting trait too, being you know yeah. a radio show uh, host. So um, that's the entertainer, and I think uh, a lot of times with the entertainer. They they want to really make sure everyone feels included. Okay, and so there's tips in the book to help you know to help entertainers. Um, now I'm a comforter, so which basically means I'm a people pleaser. So I'm, uh. I'm making sure, <laughs> yeah. So I'm always texting like, "Hey, how was the job interview? Happy birthday!" Like I'm I'm always concerned okay. with other people's feelings, and ask I tend to ask a lot of feelings based questions. Um, so one thing for comforters that we need to be aware of is how to express our feelings and get those across. And um, comforters also tend to be conflict adverse. So ways to express kind of how we're how we're feeling just in in, in uh, you know a positive, loving way. And there's ways for comforters to do that. Um, and then with scientists, you know, much like a scientist, they're very analytical. They'll, they're always seeking more information, trying to make a decision, and they can be, which they can be really slow to make a decision. So, uh, you know, if you're uh, in a relationship with a scientist, like helping them and just providing their information and helping them along that course yeah. <laughs> can be helpful. So, yeah, on, on both sides of the coin for each personality, there's things that they can do and things that people in their in their life can do that uh to help help the texting communication that makes that makes sense you're listening to wmck.fm mckeesport we're also watching on fayette tv channel 77 in uniontown and we're streaming at italknet.com as we broadcast from the phil gna motor studios high atop high street in brownsville pennsylvania if you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle give chip a call at 724-785-6800 now, the one thing I know we all dread is when we send a text to the wrong person. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, um, I don't know of a way to get that back. There's <laughs> apps that, you know, <laughs> apps that you can recall text, but most of most of us don't have those installed. Okay, so, but, but how um, do you apologize for what you said that straight. was wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well... Hopefully it wasn't about that person. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so in the back of the book, maybe maybe subconsciously that's why I put that in there. There's you know 50 different ways to say I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and some of the some of those can be used for for this situation. Uh, so yeah, you know, typically what I do, I I just put oops, wrong person. You know, something you know, cute or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and I think everyone's done it. So everyone is, is understanding when it well, happens. I, uh, read something that a friend wrote, um, and they, of course they cleaned it up a lot when they wrote it, but I guess they sent pictures that they did not want someone else to get. And they sent it to a friend they haven't talked to for years. And let's just say they weren't appropriate for your mother to look at. <laughs> okay. 
and when the friend yeah. and when the friend looked at him, she realized what she did, and she goes, "Oh, I'm so sorry." He goes, "Well, at least I know you're having fun since we haven't talked in a while." And the, the guy that received him was really, really nice and really personable. I don't know if that made her feel better or worse, but still. I mean, most people, when they realize they get something by mistake, they take it in stride. It's just like you said when they're talking about that person. Yeah, yeah. I think um, when you missend a text to the wrong person, we've, we've all done it. So I think, uh, you know, unless if, like, if I were to get a text, you know, that Liz is a real <laughs> yeah. piece of work. You know, then I'm, then I'd be like, uh, okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if it's yeah, if it's like, what's for dinner, mom? And I don't have children, so I would know, like, oh, well, yeah, tell me what's for dinner when you find out. Maybe I'll come over. <laughs> well, we've so, we've seen stories in the news that way that people have done that, and they end up having dinner at these people's houses for Thanksgiving and Christmas because yeah. someone sent the wrong text. So again, I get maybe that is a, a would be a nice ending to a story, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that would be a nice ending. That may be your yeah, next. Yeah, so you'll have to let me know. That may be your next screenplay. <laughs> when you, that's <laughs> not a bad idea. I should incorporate this into a screenplay somehow. Just uh, yeah. totally by accident. But anyway, um, on the phone line right now, we have Elizabeth Rossi, who just wrote the book, the textbook, and uh, she had a uh, her last night was your first book signing, I guess. Yeah, the first book signing and uh, launch party at Riverstone Books in McCandless. Yeah. And uh, some of my friends in L.A. were like, where's where's the L.A. signing? And I was like, hey, I, I'm black and gold at heart. There you go. Well, that's good <laughs> to hear. I'm having my first book signing there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's really great to hear. Um, so how long has the book actually been out um, for purchase? So it's been out since uh, May 24th. Oh, wow. So not even two months. And how has the response been? It's uh, it's just skyrocketed. People are eating it up. Uh, last night at the book signing, we almost uh, sold out of books. Oh, so, that's awesome. Which was amazing. Yeah. It, you know, and I think people are just eating it up because they, they want to learn better ways to connect and communicate with other people and how to... You know, and it really how to do that. And this is a this is a uh, book full of you know tips and, and guidance on on really building those relationships. And um, that is and and is and who did you did you self publish or is this published through a uh, publisher? So interest interestingly, <laughs> it was sitting with a publisher uh, for a year. They heard the they heard the idea. They're like. Yes, we want this. Here's a contract. Like within a week, and I hadn't even written the manuscript yet. So, <laughs> so I signed this exclusive contract with a you know a publisher and and sent in the manuscript, and uh, then it sat for a year, okay, <laughs> or almost a year, like nine months. And so I was reaching out to my agent and the publisher and. Like, hey, uh, what's going on? I haven't heard anything. I want to get this out, you know, to the public before texting, you know, stays <laughs> away. We move on to the next thing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, the, the publisher was like, oh, yeah, so we've had uh, some other projects we've been focusing on. We'll release you from your contract and, you know, that's, you know, okay. that's luck to you. So I was like, okay. So by that point, I was really anxious just to get it out. So I spoke with my agent. And we're like, let's just go through uh, Kindle Direct. So it is um, self-published through Kindle Direct. Um, yeah, and out on Amazon. But it is, uh, it's also available in the in the Barnes and Nobles and in uh, various bookstores. So okay. it has a, yeah, it has a wide distribution. Because I think people see the need for it. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I'm, I'm looking at your website right now and it says awards and nominations and you have a lot of those, uh, which is very impressive. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. Yeah. 2017 best pianist award, Pittsburgh PA PMA yes. awards. You play piano too. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> for some of the films that I've done, 
Well, first, my whole family is in music. Okay. I have four older brothers. We're all in music. And, um, and you know, so th- actually they all went into music. And I was like, I want to do something more stable. I want to have a, a, you know, a good career. I want to be a writer. Okay. <laughs> Not realizing, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> writing is up and down, too. But, um, so, you know, I really focused on writing this whole time. And then within the last couple of years, some of the film projects that I've been a part of have, um, you know, as people have gotten to know me out there, they've uh, learned that, you know, I have a background in music and uh, play multiple instruments and, and all that. And they're like, hey, Liz, can you come up with like a little melody for this, you know, for this short okay. or something, you know. So, and really that's how it all started. So from there... Now I just get referrals like, hey, Liz, we need a score for this film. Or, uh, and and uh, excitingly, this just happened again. I uh, Someone in this spring asked me to write the theme song for a new show that's coming out on the BBC. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, which I just got word uh, right before I came out uh, back to Pittsburgh that the show's been picked up it's going to be like distributed and syndicated and so which is incredible because that's really the first the first song that i've written that will be uh syndicated internationally so uh it's very exciting yeah <laughs> I, it, it coincided with the book so i was like wow i need I one of, every month could be like this <laughs> yeah i need one of those too but i i have no money to pay for a theme song but anyway um what I think is interesting is that I'm looking I'm looking at these war, these awards and it's not in just one field like you said music it's in screenplay screenwriter um and all this so you 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 actually are uh, uh how do I want to put it without um you're the whole package. I mean, really, if someone hires you they're not just hiring one skill, they're hiring multiple skills. And I don't think we see that in today's uh, workforce, that if I need you to do something, you can do either write it, perform it, or or whatever. And I think that's really awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's just a long time ago, my, my oldest brother, Rich, he, um, he told me, follow your passion in life and the money will come. And... Uh, it took a really long time. <laughs> oh, I, well, I'm sure. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but I know I'm still waiting for the money. Actually, but <laughs> <laughs> it'll get but there. It's, you know, it's yeah, it's been it's been really wonderful though, just to follow kind of the passions in life and follow the the writing and the music and and what I enjoy to do. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't trade it. That's 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 really great. So I'm looking at your internet international movie database. Um, stuff and you have you have a lot of credits to your name how long have you been working in movies and entertainment because you cannot be that old oh (laughs) thank you (laughs) um i'm not that old so (laughs) well remember age is all Um, relative so so. it, it is all relative so let me think when i first started uh well i came up with the idea for the biggest smoother in 2002 i think it was and then that i uh, sent that around to different agents and everything uh, and then i think that first aired in fall of 2003 wow um okay. and then from right after biggest loser i think in 2004 2004 and 2005, I started writing All Saint Beans, the screenplay for that, which, uh, and then tried to self-produce that in 2007, um, and had no idea what I was doing, so that was a train wreck, but <laughs> that, from me doing that, got the attention of some executive producers who then later picked it up and had it produced, and uh, it came out and was distributed in, uh, in 2013, I think. The years all fuzz together. I'm but, sure, yeah. Yeah, so I've been at this really since, uh, you know, early 2000s. And even before that, I, I've always been a writer. Every time I come home, I find composition notebooks from when I was like seven and eight years old, filled, filled with short stories and poems. And okay. I actually wrote my first stage play when I was 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I got my friends to perform it for our parents. <laughs> it's <was, it> cute. <laughs> um, one that a lot of people in Pittsburgh are familiar with is Baseball's Last Hero, 21 Clemente Stories, um, yeah. that was making the circuit. And that was done uh, 2013. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of push on Roberto Clemente's life this year, um, because of just what he's done in the community. And I guess there's a new mural that's being revealed. If it if it hasn't been revealed, it has recently been revealed. And it says the director on here is Richard Rossi, which I'm familiar with that name. Yes, that's my brother, my okay. oldest brother. Okay, and um, so you and your brother work. Um, together on occasion? Yeah, he, um, you know, I'll go to him for advice on some things and um, help, you know, I've helped him produce a couple of his films now, uh, including the uh, Baseball's Greatest Hero. And we're working on another um, uh, feature that should be coming out later this year called Canaan Land, um, where I'm helping him produce that. And I've helped in a couple other minor aspects too but um yeah so that's that's exciting too and it's so nice to you know come from a creative family where we can collaborate and um even some of my other brother's music trying to pull those into the uh the film scores and the soundtracks so it's really nice to um (laughs) you know it's true it's it's who you know Uh, well okay (laughs) so when it's in your family (laughs) it makes it a little bit easier right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, when I, when I go through all these, um, and I'm going to ask you this question because I don't know, but what does a producer do? You know, that's a good question. And it's, it's unclear to a lot of people, including the producer themselves sometimes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I swear, I feel like every, every film project has, you know, I've been producer on multiple films and every, every project itself the title producer has uh, been used you know in different ways so really it's just helping getting the film done and whatever that means whatever that takes you know really working with the location department working with the directing staff working with casting kind of like the coordination of of the whole project okay um so you're the one basically planning everything and and making sure everything follows on a certain schedule yeah, okay. yeah, kind of like project management. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Then that makes a lot of sense to me. So, what would you rather be doing? Writing a book or writing a screenplay? Or are they just two totally different things that you can't compare them? Mm, that's a good question. They are two totally different things. Um, I have a feature that I'm writing right now that I want to finish up, and then I'll probably go back and think about writing a second book okay um and then actually i want to um get a single release this year too for music so you're busy um, i think (laughs) i think keeping um you know because they all use the your creative uh skills like in a different way so i think it's important to exercise like all those different muscles and keep them active okay um yeah so they're yeah they're they are different like writing a book was a little bit um easier for me even though it's you know a screenplay can be anywhere like 110 120 pages in a book i had to trim down the textbook i was up to like 300 some pages and they're like no no no, let's trim this down um so writing writing a book like i can spit out 10 pages in a minute oh wow (laughs) so yeah it's you know the curse of being a writer i guess um, but, um, yeah, writing a book, I think I found that to be easier. So, um, but it's important, like I'm going to finish this feature, maybe do this single and then work on a, work on a second book. So I, I actually, I think you should put part two out of the textbook and then you can have a series. Um, because if you had 300 pages, I mean, I'm sure you could write a, a sequel to it. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that, too, um, and interestingly, coming out with the sex book and make it more towards, you know, a dating and a 
um, you know, address that kind of... A book your um, mother wouldn't read, right? You know. Yes. <laughs> I'll probably have to hide that one. <laughs> that, that will be coming out in a brown paper wrapper. Um, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> your sales will go through the roof. Um, yeah, just on the title. Yeah, just on the title itself. And if you can see me right now, yeah. I'm actually blushing. Um, I think I am too. <laughs> you know, it's funny, right? <laughs> So what what was it like coming from Pittsburgh to going to Los Angeles, moving from a, a, a city, but not a big city, to an area um, all the way across the country to a very large city? Um, you know, it, it was a little scary, <laughs> but um, it's it's been wonderful. I love, I love both towns. You know, I love coming back and visiting, and I'm just so fortunate that I'm able to do that multiple times a year, right. um, you know, for extended time. And I tell my mom that, like, I don't know if she gets that. Like other friends of mine in LA, they're like, oh yeah, I go home, you know, every few years. And I come back probably every quarter to see my friends and family here because oh, nice. yeah, keeping those connections are important to me. So, um, yeah, so it's, you know, you get a little homesick and need, need myself black and gold and, um, so I really love it back here, and I'm so glad to um, have been raised in an area, you know, that stresses um, good values and hard work ethic and, and all of that because it's definitely affected me and how, you know, how I pursue my career. Um, but I, I think I found that there's just more opportunity for writing and music and those kinds of things in L.A. Okay. And... Um, you know, I know like a lot of films get uh, shot back here in Pittsburgh, but the hub still tends to be in L.A. where everything is generated and then they pick their filming locations. So um, being in L.A. and just networking and meeting different people and because and, I think it does take obviously um, talent and some persistence. But, you know, also there is a factor of it is who you know. <laughs> So just meeting, uh, meeting different people and, and uh, being kind and keeping those connections there, too, is important. Now, if um, you had the conversation with a young person that wanted to go into doing one of the multiple things that you do, what advice would you have for them? Um, probably those, those few things that I just mentioned. Uh, you know, work hard, follow your passion, for sure, because that, uh, you know, what is life without passion, you okay. know? Um, so follow your passion and work hard at it. Like I know people who say they want to be a writer, but you know, if you want to be a writer, you have to sit down and write every day. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, you know, you want to be a writer. Um, so follow your passion, work hard at it, work at it every day, develop those skills. Um, be kind, you know, on, on different movie sets that I've been on, you know, even with a, you know, with A-listers. I think they get fired if they're, you know, super mean. Even Mar Marilyn Monroe, she she wasn't mean from what I understand, but her performance on, uh, I think it was her last feature she was supposed to be on, she was fired for, um, you know, her behavior. Okay. So it can happen to anyone. So in being kind, people want to work with you. Um, so really those three things, uh, follow your passion, work hard at it, be kind, and then uh, and then persistence, I, I think, would be the fourth thing because I feel like a lot of people go out to L.A., you know, with one screenplay or, or one um, demo track that, of music that they want to, you know, put out. And, um, and that doesn't make it, and they wind up coming home. You know, you have to have that backup plan to have an income, but uh, in the same time, like, you, you have to stick with it and be persistent and, you know, be kind and keep making those connections. And um, a director that I met with, gosh, a few years ago, he was like, Liz, it takes anyone about 10 years to, to make it once you've been in L.A. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, I, I have quite a few more years to go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, it takes time. Well, it sounds like you've gotten a great start, and I really appreciate you taking time to be with me today. Um, I wish you luck on the book. 
I hope it goes well. I wish you, you I wish you luck on your career, which I from what I'm hearing, you don't need any luck. It's all talent on your end. Um, is there anything you want to tell my audience about the book or anything before I let you go? Um, well, with the book itself, you can find it on uh, the, the, I guess, the website, the-text-book.com. And, um, you know, really using that to just improve your communication skills to improve the relationships. And uh, there's all kinds of the information on there. Take the texting quiz. Have some fun with that. Um, you know, and really, I just hope that uh, the book does its job and then it does help people find that sense of connection, um, you know, and, and really improve, improve your relationships. Well, Elizabeth, thank you very much. And I would love to have you back on the program once the feature that you're done working on is done or if you have anything else coming up uh please get in touch with me again i'd love to have you back on i really had a good time talking with you today and would love it again do yeah, it again in the fine. future and maybe next time you're in yeah, pittsburgh i can actually finally meet you which uh the last my last three days have been <laughs> crazy so i apologize for not making it the book signing last night and i realized you came to oh, pittsburgh no you came to pittsburgh at the most inopportune time when we have our first heat wave um that yes, we're hitting the, my, I'm sitting in the kitchen just sweating. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you for for going through torture uh to be on this program today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Thank you, Bill. It's been it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. I really appreciate talking to you and hopefully we can do it again real soon. Have a great day. You too. Thank you, Bill. Mm, bye-bye. Elizabeth Rossi here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander, as we talked about her new book, The Textbook. Um, actually, it looks like a great book to buy. Uh, it looks like a great book to read. And uh, please, I'll put those links on my website and also on the uh, podcast uh, description. You'll be able to have the links to Amazon so you can pick up a copy of the book and uh we can talk about it in the near future too. Maybe you can text me some, uh, some, some things instead of bland texts like I do. I don't know. Anyway, that's going to wrap up a show for today here on WMCK.FM out of McKeesport, Pennsylvania, and also on Fayette TV channel 77 as we broadcast live from Phil Jennings, the Bubba Children, don't try this at home. I claim to be a professional. That's right. Let's try that again. Uh, as we broadcast from the Phil Giannetti Motors Studio, high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle, give Chip a call at 724-785-6800 and tell him Bill sent you. Why don't you? Anyway, I am out of here because I hear music in the background. We'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander.
Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Have you guys noticed that you can't go anywhere without seeing designer this or designer that, even designer furniture? On my social feeds and celebrity homes, it's everywhere. Have you seen how expensive these are? Well, if you want the sofa or recliner or bed that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends, but without the designer prices. Oh, and they're well-made, too. It's the whole package. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com.